We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is a Monday, so that means that we are here for Notre Dame Recruiting Hour, talking a little bit of the action of the week. A lot of great commits that were in action, currently committed to the 2023 class, a few in the 2024 class as well that we want to hit on, as well as some key targets in this class. Of course, I think the main thing, if you're on the video right now, you'll notice is that Brian Driscoll is not with me today. It's usually my partner in crime. I, uh, I don't want to say I upgraded, but I got Mr. Sean Davis on with me. who's the recruiting analyst over here at Irish Breakdown. Of course, I am the director of recruiting. Sean, we are in game week, brother. It is uh, only a f- – man, I, I was talking to Brian about this yesterday and Vince. It's just been like – I feel like this summer just drug on so much, man. I don't know if it's like no. the recruiting side of everything as well, but like we've been busy, but I still feel like, man, I haven't watched football in a long time, man. Yeah. So excited, obviously, to have some Notre Dame football back this week. Yeah, it started off fast paced for both of us. We hopped in on the recruiting side and with Marcus Freeman and the staff and everything that they've done, man, we hit the ground running trying to keep up with them. And then, like you said, once we got closer to the dead period there in August and commitment started slowing down, it was kind of like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready to see some football. And it was like, we didn't really, I don't know about you, I didn't even care who the teams were. I was just happy to see two teams going at it on the field in week zero and we got some pretty good games we'll probably get to that a little bit oh no we definitely will and like like sean said we we had to get in this thing and get moving quickly because if anybody has followed brian for the last few years man that guy gets so much work done and it is incredible work as always so he's a tough act to to kind of come for, you know to to learn from a little bit because he just has such a incredible work ethic but i feel like we're doing a pretty solid job so far so if anybody before we start here like sean said we're going to talk about a little, little bit little bit of this recruiting action this past weekend mm-hmm. a couple college football takes and then we will from the week zero and then we're going to hit the mailbag as we always do before we do that though if you're watching this video you should like subscribe to the channel hit that notification bell because not only is there constant recruiting news because Marcus Freeman and his staff is recruiting as an all-time level. We also have college football back. So there's going to be 
additional shows, two shows daily, pretty much throughout the throughout the course of the fall. You should be expecting from the Irish Breakdown staff. And as always, if you have questions, you can start filing them into the chat now if you're live with us, because I'll be starring them along, and we'll make sure to hit on those at the end. But Sean, of course, like I said, the main topic that we want to hit on today, this being recruiting hour, mm-hmm. is we want to talk about some of these recruits, man, in the week in the weeks that they had. Yeah. For some, it was the second game already, which is pretty crazy. I completely forgot that like some states are just like, let's start in the middle of August. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, there were a few games last week, man. I was like, man, that thing caught up quick, right? But this week we had just about every committed player in the 2023 class and some 2024s that got their season either kicked off or we're in the second game of the season. I know where everyone wants to start, obviously. And me and Brian touched on CJ Carr, the 2024 commit out of Saline, Michigan, yesterday, actually uh, Friday show, I guess, because he played Thursday night of last week. But you obviously weren't with us, and I kind of wanted to just kind of spitball a little bit with you, Sean, and just talk about his performance. So the positives to CJ Carr's first outing is Saline won over Hudsonville 24 to 15. It was, however, without question, a little bit of an uneven performance. You know, he still threw for 350 yards, two touchdowns, ran. I, I know that you probably saw the highlight of his, uh, was it 14-yard touchdown run or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he made so many dudes miss, and it was just like, oh, okay, he's got a little more off script maybe than he had last season too, which is exciting. But threw two interceptions, fumbled twice, and one of the interceptions was in the end zone. So it was not definitely not a perfect game for CJ Carr. So Sean, just take me through it. So, cause I'm, I'm one of those people where it's like, I'm not worried about that. It's the first yeah. game and he's only a junior in high school. He's figuring out what stuff that he can get away with at this point. But yeah. I think it was a solid showing, but of course, you know, we got to be a little bit more turnover free moving forward. If you're CJ Carr. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And, and Ryan, we talk about this on every level, right? Whether it's high school, college, or the NFL. Like when you have change specifically at the skill positions or along the offensive line, like quarterbacks take it upon themselves to possibly do too much or to try to do too much. And it looked like CJ wanted to come out and make a statement in that first game. And the turnover in the red zone, that's not typical CJ Carr. So when you see that from him, you can just tell like, okay, he's forcing some things, hanging on to the ball a little bit longer. The fumbles, um, it's not like him. You know, he takes care of the ball. And that's why Tommy Reese really loves him is because he does take care of the ball and he has the ability that dropping the bucket pass down the right sideline was just absolutely amazing. That was a beautiful ball. He, he, Sean, he could not have ran out there and placed it on a platter for that receiver better, man. That was an absolutely. incredible throw. I mean, on top of the touchdown run that I talked about a little bit, man, like there were some throws, the seam route to, I think it was a tight end down, mm-hmm. down the middle of the field. I mean, there were some throws where you're just like, okay, that's why he's a five-star five top star. 20 yeah. national player, right? Like that's yeah. it. And to your point, CJ Carlin threw four interceptions all of last year. So like it is not characteristic of him to turn the football over. And I I leave that for pregame jitters, first game of the season. And honestly, let's call it what it is, man. He's a 17 year old kid. And I felt like, you know, he's big man on campus. He's five star. He's committed to Notre Dame. I think he was trying to win the game on every throw at some point. I mean, that's that's my opinion. So I know some people are going to hyper-focus and be like, oh, that's our five star. But like, Come on, man. Like, if, if a quarterback doesn't throw any interceptions, that means I, I could show you a quarterback that doesn't want to take any risks ever, right? So yeah. I'm not hyper-focused on it, but, you know, we have to talk about it, obviously, because everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks for obvious reasons. But, yeah, yeah it's good stuff, you though. Like what, you have to like what you see. Uh, yes. yes. I don't mind a guy. From a sports standpoint, coach has always said, you know, I'm the coach. Give me the ability to pull your, pull the reins. Like, I don't want to have to push you. Like, if I have to pull you back a little bit and say, all right, settle down, I'm fine with that. When I'm a coach and I'm having to motivate you and get you to go out there and be intense, that's when you have a problem. So, I, I you know, ultimately, big picture, I love what I saw from C.J. Carr. He's a uber competitive young man, wants to be the best. And you can see he's, he's already thinking Notre Dame. Like, right. even though he's playing – and that's tough, Brian. I mean, that's mm-hmm. tough, Brian. Like, as hard as he commit, I mean, recruits for Notre Dame, like, he wants to play for Saline and he knows he wants to win a state championship. But, like, there's part of his mind that's already in South Bend, like, looking forward to stepping on that field and competing. And to be able to balance that as a five-star, you know, that's, that's, that's tough. But it's a lot. Guys like him and, you know, his partners – they put on shows this weekend, and we'll get to both of those guys that he was at the Irish break. I mean, the Irish invasion with, and some mm-hmm. of the other guys. Yeah, no, nah, man, a lot of pass catchers to hit on, and I think you said it perfectly, right, Sean? It's like he's a first, he's a seventeen-year-old kid, junior yeah. high school, and not even just the Notre Dame stuff, but like he's also having to constantly answer about the reclassification stuff. And, you know, are you going to be in 2023 or 2024? And it's a lot. It's a lot. Even for a kid that comes from a 
football family and has been around it for his entire life. It is still a lot of things to answer. So solid start to CJ Carr. Needs to be better, of course, but there were a lot of positives there. A lot of positives. Speaking of positives, Sean, there were a lot of positives from this pass receiving crew that we saw not only 2023, 2024 as well. I'm not going to get into tight ends as much in like the next couple minutes, but we had three extremely talented pass catchers that did a lot of good things in multiple spots here. So the first one that I want to talk about is Braylon James, who, Man, I, I, I'll say this about Braylon. He has some of the better athleticism to elevate in the air that I've seen from a high schooler. I mean, he so he Stony Point is where he transferred to after being at Del, Del Valley last year. They won against Austin this past week in the opening game, 53 to nothing. So they dominate the game. Th- only three catches for Braylon James, who only played one half, by the way. But yeah. had a hundred yards and a touchdown, and I try. I'm sure you saw the 31 yard touchdown that he had, man. Just like this incredible back shoulder ball that he was able to adjust to. So, incredible start for Braylon James after he transferred over to Stony Point. Another Texas wide receiver, though, was Jaden Greathouse, who I posted a link to on the Irish Breakdown message board. Not on the message board. You should go to boards.irishbreakdown.com, by the way, to to kind of highlight that game. Sean, there were some mixed results from this one because Westlake, going for their fourth straight state championship, by the way, they won 44-14. to They dominated Ridgepoint, even though they started really slow in the first half. And Jaden Greathouse only had two catches for, I think it was 42 yards overall. It was definitely in the 40s, if I had it written. Yeah, 41 yards on two receptions. And if you watch that game, you know that the new quarterback, I think his last name is Land, that has taken over for Kate Klubnik. I think he'll be fine, but there were definitely some growing pains in the first game. I think he was like 9 of 13. He barely threw for over 100 yards, right? Yeah. So there weren't a lot of opportunities for Jaden Greathouse, but you saw the one catch he had down in the in inside the 10-yard line where he had to adjust in the air and come yeah. down in between two defenders. Like, incredible body control, physical, man. And he... He did a lot of great stuff, obviously, in, in the limited opportunity that he had during that game. He showed his big-time potential, even though it was a little bit limited as far as the effectiveness and the opportunity that he had. And then we had a third wide receiver that's that's committed in the 2023 class that had eight catches for 131 yards, the best day of the, of the, of the week for any pass catcher that's committed to Notre Dame, and that was Rico Flores. Although the Folsom High School product – lost to Sarah 17 to 12 in which I mean be very honest Rico had 156 yards last week had 131 off to a great start he did have a fumble inside the red zone during the game that they had a couple turnovers in that game Folsom had a chance to win that game but either way Rico still had a really positive game had a lot of big catches and then Sean I can't forget about 2024 commit Cam Williams who you're very familiar with obviously Glenn Bard South took down Aurora East 44 to 12 and Cam had what was it seven catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns also had 15 rushing yards I think only on one attempt so Sean it was I mean out of the four pass catchers that Notre Dame had as far as wide receivers are concerned on the field this week committed three of them went for over 100 yards and the other one's Jaden Greathouse so it is a really talented group not only in the 2023 class but also Cam Williams really showed out this week as well in the first game And Cam told me before the season that the offense was going to be about moving him around. 
He has snaps in the backfield. He has snaps out on the edges on both sides. He has snaps in the slot. They even moved him into a tight end position close to the line when they went to a full package, but they just got him closer to the line of scrimmage and went play action. They did a lot of things to get him open. They gave him a jet sweep for, like you said, 15 yards. That culminated in the touchdown for him. So he put in a lot of work, but it was the work that he expected. Their defense is going to carry today. They're also breaking in uh, some young players on offense, specifically on that offensive line. So the offense is going to come later down the season, and they know that. They have aspirations for a state championship, and Cam has taken it upon himself. He knows that he's going to have to play a big role in that offensively as they develop for them to be able to reach that goal of winning the state championship. So, you know, each week when you check in on Cam Williams, look for him to not only be to have a lot of receptions, but to have a couple of maybe a touchdown pass on the reverse. They're going to use him like that. They're going to use him in jet sweeps. They're going to use him out of the backfield. So you'll see more rushes. He's definitely going to be a valuable piece for that offense. And like you said, Jaden Greathouse is one of those guys that he knows. I think he knows. The plan with Kay Klubnik, he can be spoiled to an extent, and I'm sure he had the urgency to want to put on the show, but I think he understands that the offense is going to have to come along. But I expect yeah. him in the, the marquee matchups, that's when he goes off. It's oh, the yeah. marquee matchups. So. Yes. Ask uh, Denton Geyer that last year, man. The seven Absolutely. catches, 236 yards, and three touchdowns, right? I mean, yes. And that's going up against guys like the Bowens, mm-hmm. you know, in that secondary. So, yeah, he's he's a dog. He's yes. a dog. Well, we're going to get to the Bowens a little bit later in this show when we move over to the defensive side of the ball. A great showing from the Denton Geyer squad against a pretty good football team, by the way. But, yeah. I mean, Sean, it's exciting stuff. I love my favorite part of this job, honestly is the backstories and ability to talk to these kids, right? And to learn a lot about them. I mean, I talked to Cam as well after the show, after uh, his game, just kind of get the stat line and everything. He even know his stats, man. He's like, I caught two touchdowns. We won. I'm like, awesome, man. He's like receptions, receiving yards. He's like, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I'll try to find out, but like, that's my bag. You know what I mean? Like he he's, it's just not, it's just not what's important to him. He, he, he wants to win football games. And that's yeah. the biggest thing for Lempard South this year. So, very talented wide receiver room, again, that is going to be featured in the Notre Dame offense over the next couple of years. Again, like you guys just have to do, if you want to go to my article that came out today on Irish Breakdown, you can check out a few of the highlights from the week. I posted some videos, or you can just go do some Twitter searches, man, because again, the Jaden Greathouse catch was phenomenal. Cam Williams doing his thing. Rico Flores, again, doing his thing. All these guys really came to play. Braylon James' 31-yard back shoulder touchdown. Like, they were they were balling out this week, man. So, it was great to see. And they're not the only pass catchers that I think had pretty solid weeks. So, Sean. It, it, uh, with you, you you're the film yeah. guy. Yeah. You're, you're the master film guy. You're the sensei for us when it comes to film breakdown. Rico looked a little bit faster to me. Watching this film the first two weeks. He looks faster and he looks a lot thicker to me. Okay. Right? Like he looks, you know what it is, Sean? I think that he's a kid that is just maturing physically, right? Like he's, he's, he's growing into his body. His body's filling out and the explosiveness is coming with that because he's not, he, he's not putting like unnecessary weight on him where it's just like, why are you getting that big? It's just like naturally filling out. And I mean, muscles are getting stronger, right? Most muscles are getting more explosive. I agree with you that, 
71 yarder that he had in week one, I was like, Oh, there's a right. little getting up there, man. Or right. at least he's confident and it, it's showing out, you know, like definitely I agree hundred percent with you though. Yeah. I thought that jumped out to me. That was one of the things with this wide receiver uh, group that jumped out to me. We knew the explosive explosiveness that was there with great house in a mm-hmm. different way. Yes. Also, <laughs> but not, you know, you're looking forward, you know, just running by guys. No, he has a different type of explosiveness. And Braylon James is just, I think he's just, <laughs> you know, that's, that's whatever Sean, explosiveness yeah. jumps the in word, your mind, that's what yeah. he is. The, the word that I said with Braylon James, I could tell you to come back to it, is he, that guy is springy. Like, no matter what he does, springy out of his stance, springy yeah. elevating for the football. Like, he yeah. is just. He looks like a basketball player playing football. I mean, honestly, man, like he, and I think that he does play basketball. So that makes sense. I know for sure he's a really good jumper and hurdler for his track team. Right. So like that explosiveness pops on film. And as he continues to get bigger, stronger, and more, you know, sound from a technical perspective, Braylon James could be a star. Like he absolutely can at the next level. So man, it was, it was exciting to see. And I'm happy for him because he was on a team last year that, didn't win a ton, right? He goes back home and they get a big victory in week yeah. one. And again, talking to his dad, Glenn James, who's a friend of the show after the yeah. game, he's like, yeah, hundred yards. And he didn't even play in the second half. I'm like, Oh, well, that's, that's not bad. It's pretty good. So we, we did have a couple tight ends that were able to play this week as well, Sean. So Jack Larson, who's a 2024 commit out of Charlotte Catholic mm-hmm. second game of the season. Actually, he had six catches for 73. I think in the first game, he has a incredible, game against Hickory Ridge in which they won Charlotte Catholic 35-34 in overtime. Larson had four receptions for 52 yards and a touchdown in this game. The touchdown reception, though, and I was talking to Jack after the game, the touchdown reception came in the biggest moment of the game. This was a touchdown in overtime to tie the game, and then they kicked the extra point to get the victory. So, Big time moments. I mean, I, he said he told me that he was a little quiet up until that moment, but like he made the big catch. And then Cooper Flanagan for De La Salle, who's the 2023 commit, he also caught a touchdown. And De La Salle got off to a one and no record. They beat Monterey Trail 36 to 20. He told me kind of off the record, but he's, he was okay with it kind of getting out there. He's dealing with a little bit of a turf toe, so he hasn't been able to play defense this past game for for De La Salle, but he expects to be back on defense very soon. So a couple of nice tight ends that were able to get a little bit of a little bit of pl- a play there, Sean. And, and you mentioned this before, and I just kind of wanted to end the pass catcher portion of this podcast with saying that CJ Carr has a lot of weapons that are going to be ready for him and Tyler Buckner for that, do ma- for that fact. And you, you talked a little bit about, you know, at the Irish invasion, CJ getting buddy buddy with Cam Williams, Jack Larson, those 2024 kids, man, they're coming out and they're playing to start this year. Oh, absolutely. Just a tidbit, Jack Larson, that big time touchdown he caught, he was going back and forth with a guy that Notre Dame was after for a little while for Hickory Ridge and Christian Hamilton that ultimately ended up going to North Carolina. Christian Hamilton jumped that game off with a couple of big plays and he kind of was taking the stage away from Jack. And Jack came and made one of the biggest plays at the biggest moments and kind of took the shine back. That was a matchup that I talked to Jack and his coach about. Like, yo, that second week, you're going to be going up against Hickory Ridge, and they got you guys last year. So that was a targeted game for uh, Charlotte uh, Catholic right there. They wanted that victory. 
hard fought. They expected to get the win, and they came out with it. And I think they're probably going to see Hickory Ridge in the playoffs because they always match up with them later on in the playoffs. But big game. They wanted it as a team. They went out and got it. And you always say Jack Larson just sounds like he needs to come over the PA at Notre Dame State. Touchdown, Jack Larson. It just sounds like something that should be said at Notre Dame Stadium. So I'm a huge, I'm a huge Jack Larson guy. And I love seeing him being able to make big plays like that because um, I think that's a trait that you really want to see from these guys. And that's one thing we talk about with Jaden Greathouse. Like, yeah, you know, he averaged 21 yards per reception, only had two catches. But I promise you, in the marquee games, you're going to see the beast come out. And I think that's what we saw from Jack Larson. Like, started off slow, but when it was time for his team to need a big play, he brought the beast out and was able to deliver. So I'm excited about him and Cooper Flanagan. Pretty much, if Notre Dame stamps a tight end, they're going to be good. Just assume. Yes. You're good. not wrong. You're not wrong, man. And yeah. honestly, I feel like Cooper Flanagan gets really underrated just because De La Salle doesn't throw the ball much, man. Like, he's, yeah. he's out there blocking for the most part. Yeah. I know he told me before the season that he's hoping that and he's expecting the offense to open up a little bit more, get him a little more involved. I mean, he still led the team in receiving last year, but like just not a ton of opportunities. I think he only had like 15 catches. Cause if you if you haven't seen De La Salle, luckily Brian's not on here, man, because they're a triple option, run the football every play type of dude, you know? So yeah, no, but it's it's nice to see. And I was gonna wait till the end, Sean, to talk about some key targets, but we had we had a comment from different aisle that said Tayshawn Lyons, who is a 2023 wide receiver out of the state of California that Notre Dame is targeting and is expected to get him on campus most likely for the Cal game this fall. So let's talk about it real quick, Sean. There's been a lot of back and forth with him because he plays at a lower level of football in California. But I think if you see the profile, like 6'2", 170, pretty fast, explosive. I think he's got a lot of traits that you really like. In the first game for them, he goes to tennis in high school out there in California they were able to beat Castlemont 22 to 16. So a very tightly, uh, tightly contested affair. But Sean, my guy went off for four catches for 125 yards, yeah. two touchdowns, 30 yards to catch for you, math folk out there. I know Drunk Vigio is saying it here that, you know, you need to get your calculators ready. Well, there's your calculator 239 all purpose yards and three all purpose touchdowns. And he also, since he goes to a little bit of a smaller school, he plays defense too, and he secured an interception during that game as well. So if anybody wants a little taste of, what Notre Dame is looking at with the Tayshawn Lions, it's there's a lot of upside to him, right? Like he is a really good athlete. He's smooth. We've talked a little bit about a comp for him, and I, I kind of brought Chris Alave to the table a little bit. You know, like he kind of lulled you to sleep. No man, <laughs> I, I, that's a, that's the number eleven pick in this last year's draft, so not a bad comp, right? But. Obviously, I'm not predicting him to be the 11th pick in the draft, but like there is a lot of smoothness and athleticism and burst to a guy like a Tayshawn Lyons. So, yeah. top Notre Dame wide receiver target left on the board. Again, expected to visit it this fall for sure. Cal game is when they're pushing for, and we think that things are in a pretty good spot if Notre Dame takes the push for him, and and we we think that they are making that massive push. So. Those are all the pass catches, though, that we're going to talk about. We'll talk about Jeremiah Love near the end of the show, who also got a big victory. Sean, I just kind of want to roll through some of these offensive linemen because we got to get to defense, and there's not a lot of stats to report, right? But a lot right. of good performances from their teams. Of course, Charles Jagasaw got his Alleman team off to a great victory, Sean. 32-6 to over Chicago Academy. 
I was very happy for Charles and his team because they, unfortunately, due to COVID and a lot of players transferring last year, they were 0-8 last year. So they they had a, a really down year, already more wins in one game than they had all last season. So I was really happy, and they had a dominant victory over them. So they're going to take on Quincy Notre Dame next week, which is coming off a 21-13 loss to Quincy in week one. So we got a little bit of a winning streak with, with Charles Jagasso, which is nice to see. Sullivan yeah, we, Absher, sorry. No, I'm just saying, they, they got one. That, they got one. That was a happy bus ride back from Chicago. I can guarantee that. That's it, man. I mean, seriously, I was I was so happy. I, I think I may have tweeted about it or I was going to tweet about it. And I'm just like, I'm so happy that they got a win because I talked to their coach like I know you have in the past as well. Yeah. And, like, it was a, it's tough taking over that program. You know, it was. Yeah. Like, let's call it what it is. They were not in a great place after COVID and – the aftermath and players yeah. transferring. It was not a great situation, if we're being honest. So it, we'll see We'll see how the rest of the season goes, but a good start for the Alleman team. Sullivan Absher, South Point High School, 2-0 record now after a 48-6 to victory. I should have mentioned Charles Jagas is also a very good defensive lineman for the Alleman team. Sullivan Absher, not as – I mean, he's just an offensive lineman. He doesn't play on defense, so there's no stats to look at, but – they scored 48 points. So I'm going to say that it did pretty well. They, they, as a team, I think they racked up 9.7 yards per carry. And if you watch them, they're another team that runs the football a ton. So there's not a lot of passing with Sullivan Asher, but another good job there. Sam Pendleton is the last offensive lineman that we had that was in, that was in uh, action. Unfortunately did not come out with a victory. It was a closely, a close loss to Grimsley high school. He plays for Regan high school out there in North Carolina it was 40 to 34, one and one record so far for Sam. They have scored over 30 points in back to back weeks, though. So they've gotten off to a decent offensive start. But that is the last of the offensive players that we really wanted to dive into, Sean. Actually, maybe, maybe we'll backtrack here, man. I was going to save the guys that wanted to, you know, the uncommitted players or the to- top targets on the board until the end. But we already talked about Tayshawn Lyons. Yeah. So why don't we talk about Jeremiah Love, who. So for people that don't know the backstory here, he goes to Christian Brothers in Missouri. They traveled to Canton, Ohio this past week on Friday to take on Milton High School, which is in the state of Georgia. They called it the Freedom Bowl battle. And he took his squad in there, scored a touchdown, also dealt with a little bit of cramping during the game. So he missed a portion of that football game. But his team, more importantly for Jeremiah, who told me before the game that he wanted to, quote-unquote, shock the world this week, they won 41-27. to 27. So massive victory going over to Canton, Ohio. Sean, I, I, I don't want to skate over this too much, right? There's been a lot of back and forth about Jeremiah Love. Texas A&M thinks they're the leaders. They're not. Notre Dame, obviously, is, is, is making the hard push for him, man. The timeline of the recruitment and decision have been pushed back a little bit into the fall. But, man, he is, in my opinion, an absolute musket for Notre Dame in this class. He is a big priority to finish – well, not finish this class because we're expecting a wide receiver to potentially be in here as well. But Jeremiah Love is just so important to this offensive class. And I think it solidifies what most of the fan base was excited about with this class that has kind of lost a little bit of its luster, not having a quarterback at this point, and then the unfortunate decommitment from Keon Keeley recently – has made the fan base a little skittish, maybe a little BKPTSD, if you will. But 
getting Jeremiah Love in the fold, I think is going to reestablish some things. And moving forward, we both agree a quarterback is going to – some quarterback is going to say, you know what, that's a pretty darn-looking class. Yeah, Sean, not to cut you off, but I I put this out there in the universe. Whether it is C.J. Carr ultimately reclassifying or it is another 2023 quarterback, I do think that Notre Dame is going to have a 2023 quarterback class. Absolutely. 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 And when that happens, Notre Dame will solidify itself once again as a top three recruiting class in 2023. You know, John Garcia said they still have a dark horse chance of being number one you know, if certain things go a certain way. So, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. But like you said, Jeremiah Love is a must, is a must get, must yes. get. He might be the most explosive player offensively in the class. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of dynamite offensively yes. in the 23 recruiting class. And like you said, Texas A&M, they can believe all they want. You know, I thought it was a beautiful tweet that went out yesterday to cut up the edit with Chad Bowden. The oh, yeah. way Jeremiah Love responded to it, and then the way Ryan Wingo and uh, Christian Gray and the rest of the St. Louis crew responded to it, which bodes well for that pipeline that Notre Dame is trying to establish out of the loop, you know, coming yeah, to man. South Bend. They're doing a great job. And, and you need to continue to tap into that to that section, man, because, mm-hmm. I mean, Wingo is the number one wide receiver in the 2024 class by pretty much every recruiting service. We know yeah. what Jeremiah Love is. I mean – if they're able to tap in and into there over the next two cycles, there is some talent, man. Yes. And also, there's no in-state team that's, like, hindering you, right? Like, I don't yeah. think Notre Dame's going to be like, oh, man, got to fight Missouri, Missouri yeah. Tigers to get these guys right. Like, there's so much opportunity to tap into St. Louis over the next couple because there's talents too, right? Like, it's not just, like, tapping in to just have imprint. Like, they are some great football players in the next couple cycles too that can really help Notre Dame. So – yeah. yeah, Ryan Wingo, Jeremiah Love. We talked about Christian Gray, obviously, in the, in the 2023 class. It's already committed. It, there's been some good luck in St. Louis in the past, but Notre Dame is going to continue to try to get in there more steadily and consistently, right? So big, big player for Jeremiah Love. And honestly, Sean, people were down, and I get it, right? Like after yeah. the Keon Keeley decommitment, I understand it. I completely understand. But all I'll say is this, guys. We talk about the numbers a lot, and I know people love their recruiting numbers. So, like, let's stick there for a second, right? If Notre Dame is able to get a quarterback that is worth of notes or a CJ Carr, whatever it ends up being in the 2023 class, gets Jeremiah Love, gets Tayshawn Lyons, and gets another defensive end in the class, that class in on 247 is going to be over 300 recruiting points, which is going to be by far the best class Notre Dame has signed forever. Not even, yeah. like, in the last couple of years, like, ever, ever. right? as far as in the 247 era of recruiting, right? So Notre Dame's in a good spot, and they do have a, a dark horse chance, to your point, a little bit of a wild card chance. I think it's going to be tough for them to get the number one class, but top three class for sure if all those yeah. things happen. So yeah. let's uh, let's let it play out, as Brian Driscoll would, would say on this podcast. So those are the skill position players. We walked through the offensive line, offensive line class. I mean, Sean, before we jump into defense, because there's not as many guys as on the offensive side of the football, it was a really good day for this offensive unit, man. Like, if we're talking about just the the future of Notre Dame football, because I think for most part, we feel really good about the future of the defense, because the defense has been pretty good already, right? Like, it's been a good unit over the last couple years. Offense is the question mark, though. And 
seeing all these performances, it gives me a lot of hope that the offense is going to start to catch up to that defense and supplant at, at some point. Like I think that it's very possible that we could be there soon. I think what we're seeing is the desires of Tommy Reese and what he wants this offense to be. I saw an interesting stat that came through the game package we got. We, we get the game notes at the beginning of the week. Notre Dame is one of only eight teams over the last two seasons that have put up 6,500 yards passing and 4,000 rushing. Only eight programs in the country have done that. So everyone that has, like, been down on Tommy Reese and, like, put him under the microscope this season, especially with the development of Tyler Buckner and pointing at him being a possible reason why there is no quarterback in the 23 class, hey, the numbers bear out that he is in rare air as the offensive coordinator as far as yardage. Now, this is the kicker. I think the recruiting is showing us that Notre Dame recognizes we've been putting up yards, but we have to put up points. And when you see the explosiveness they have at the skill positions in these classes in 23 and 24, you start to see the mentality of the transition that Tommy Reese wants his offense to take from not just being so methodical, but being able to run the ball and then take shots and get big plays and put yes. more points on the board. So, yeah, I know we ha- we haven't talked as much about this like, like me and you, Sean, but me and Brian talk about this all the time. I think with Tyler Buckner and the speed that Notre Dame has a wide receiver just this year, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot more explosive plays in this offense than there was last year because the offensive line just wasn't good enough last year. Right. For being completely honest, it, right? Jack Cohn didn't have enough time. Tyler Buckner has some of that off script ability as well. There's going to be a lot of explosive plays. So. I'm excited, man. I know people are, are in the chat talking about the big recruiting week day for the Ohio State game. Ohio State has a really good visitor list for that game. Obviously, that's one of their biggest games of the year, probably their biggest game. And Notre Dame has an opportunity, though, to take a little bit of that momentum if they have a big outing against Ohio State. So Absolutely. That's the offensive side of the football. Defensively, I think that it would be – I don't think it would be very wise, Sean, if we – did not start with the defensive backs here because on Thursday there was another pretty nice performance by uh, by Denton Geyer. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but yeah, the Bowen brothers got off to a pretty good start. So Peyton Bowen, 2023 safety commit in the class, and his younger brother Eli Bowen, who is excuse me in the 2024 class. They both scored touchdowns in this 47 to 14 victory over Heath and. For everyone out there that is, isn't familiar, Heath that they played was an 11-2 team last year. So they were pretty good last year, and Denton Geyer went in there, who were in the state championship game, although they lost to Westlake in the finals. They won 47-14. to Peyton Bowen picked off a pass, which was just silly, silly closing speed. 75 yards and took that for a touchdown. John, I know you definitely saw the Eli Bowen touchdown as well, where he actually gave up a catch. Gave up a catch. Wide receiver pushed off a little bit, but Eli takes it right out of his hands and he races for like 70 yards for a a technically a fumble return touchdown. And he also caught a touchdown during the game. So Denton Geyer is another little potential pipeline for Notre Dame over the next couple classes. And the Bowen brothers specifically got off to a tremendous start during this game. Man, Eli took it personal, didn't he? Like, how dare you push off and get a reception on me? Takes the ball and then goes 71 yards back the other way. The Peyton Bowen clip was absolutely insane. 
you know, and I'm sure we're going to get to a Don Shuler because he had a, a couple of highlights that showed his closing speed. But the safety position in this class, they literally, in my opinion, other than maybe uh, they, they'll probably battle out with Georgia and Alabama for the best secondary recruiting classes. But Notre Dame has done a fantastic job recruiting a secondary in 23. And I expect them to do the same thing and stack it in the class of 2024. But you talk about those guys. You talk about the Dayton Guyer guys. You know, you like getting guys in high school. You just talked about Tayshawn Lyons, the competition not being as well. It's the same thing we heard about Ronan Hannafin when he was being recruited by Notre Dame. But when you get guys like, you know, the Dayton Guyer guys, the Bowens, the Jackson Arnolds, and you know they play top-notch competition week in and week out. Every, Every time they go out, it's week. a dog fight. You know more than likely you're getting uber, uber competitive young men stepping on your campus, and more than likely they're going to be big impact players from the jump. Like they're yes. not waiting to be developed. They're coming in trying to make a name for themselves and make an impact. So when you talk about Peyton Bowen stepping on campus, there is no depth chart in his mind. That's just the type of guy he is. And there like, shouldn't be. There shouldn't like, be. I'm starting. Yeah. I'm a starting safety. And, and you know, you have to feel good about that. Yeah. And and both of those and both of the Bowens, Sean, are really nice kids, pretty yeah. soft spoken for the most part. Yeah. But they are extremely confident. Like whether Absolutely. whether Notre Dame had the best safety unit returning in 2023 or the worst. Peyton Bowen would expect to come in there and start, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you saw it on that game, man. I, I said this on the podcast before, and I truly believe it. I think the best safety in the 2023 class right now is Caleb Downs, in my opinion. But I would argue that Peyton Bowen has more natural ability than Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs is just really athletic, but like just so, so superior yeah, when team, it comes to. He was in a dog fight this weekend. Sure were. Sure were. I mean, hey, man, Alabama got a great one in Caleb Downs. He's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal football player. But that all to say is not only is – I mean, Peyton Bowen is a five-star by at least one service, but I think that he has the potential to be the best safety in 2023 if everything hits right. There's technical refinement that needs to happen, but he's extremely talented, man. Absolutely talented. So, And the trait, the instincts, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing to be fast, yep. but instinctually to anticipate and to break on that ball the way he did, it's like, yo, that's that's one of one. It's not a lot of guys that can do that naturally. Yes. You know, you try to teach that. You try to show film and tell them to read, you know, read the quarterback's eyes or read the formation and anticipate. And when you can instinctually just go out there and make plays like that, you know, to get a guy like that on the back end of your program. It's a once-in-a-lifetime type stuff. We just had it for three years with 14 before he went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. If you can get another guy like that, man, you're cooking with grease. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So rest of the rest of the defensive backs that are currently committed to Notre Dame, we talked a little bit about Christian Gray earlier just for, like, the St. Louis connection, but he also – had a really nice game in the they they unfortunately lost twenty nine to twenty two to Springfield that is this met Jesuit, yeah. but he had a thirty yard catch on offense. Also had a twelve yard scamper on a jet sweep 
for um, 30 yard catch was for a touchdown, by the way. And the 12 yard scamper was a touchdown run. So he had two touchdowns during this game while also starring on the defensive side of the football. So he had a pretty nice start to his season, although they were not able to get the victory. Micah Bell, who plays at the Kincaid School in Texas, a close 20 to 15 loss to Jasper. And there were, we didn't, we weren't able to get much stats out of that game, but you know, close, hard fought contest. He's a really talented football player that I'm excited to see the rest of the senior year. Ben Minich is a player for me, Sean, that me and Brian have been vocal about it. You know, like I see a good football player on film. I don't know if I see a great football player. Like, I mean, we'll be very honest about it. Right. But he, during this two game stretch to begin the year has been playing phenomenally. I mean, we'll call it what it is after, they played against St. Xavier last week in which he had the game-winning touchdown with like 30 seconds left in the game, which was outstanding. Yeah. They take on, in this game, Lakota East, which is, of course, their rival, the Crosstown rival. They win. Lakota East isn't a very good team, but they won 49-6, to dominated them. Ben Minich had a 25-yard touchdown, also blocked a punt that was returned 72 yards for, for to the house. Ben Minich is off to a great start his senior year. He looks phenomenal over the last couple weeks. Also talk about Adon Schuler, who's right in my backyard, Irvington High School, who was the state championship last year. They get off to a, excuse me, 1-0 start with a 20-7 victory. I talked to Adon after the game, Sean, and he was like, yeah, they didn't go at me at all. <laughs> and I was like, yep. So the only highlight that you saw, it, it is in the article, is him coming straight across field and absolutely decleating someone. But even to his point, he had to travel a far way to make that play, right? So yeah. Adon Scholler, very good football player, also extremely underrated. And I think that we should mention, Sean, you know, we talked a little bit about the Irish invasion here during this show. Well, top cornerback target in the 2024 class for Notre Dame, Caleb Beasley, who was at that event. He made Sports Center. I don't know if you saw this, Sean. He, yeah. ESPN tweeted this out. 99-yard scoop and score after having score. an interception and a, like, 50-yard punt return last week. So, yeah. Notre Dame's got some dudes coming in 2023, but they also want a dude in Caleb Beasley, man. He looks really, really good right now. He's out of Lipscomb Academy yeah. out of the state of Tennessee. They had a 24-14 victory, man. The quarterback unit, though, is getting some players over the next couple years for Notre Dame. Yo, people that have been asking for Mike Mickens to uh, step it up in recruiting, are you entertained? Are you entertained yet? The two youngsters are ready to roll from the 22 class. We talked about that. I, I, I think midway through this season, you're going to be very, very surprised, pleasantly surprised with Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey. I think Notre Dame fans are going to fall in love with that. They're going to fall in love with that duo. They, both of them are already in the three deep. And I don't want yes. to get too much into the depth chart because yeah. Sean Styers is going to talk about it tonight on IB Nation Sports Talk. Yeah. But, yes, both those freshman corners are already breaking into the three deep, it seems. And, Ryan, you talk about development all the time with these high school players, right? Who was it just years ago at Cincinnati when he held the same defensive back position? got two freshmen that he had to get on the field immediately. And he just walked, saw both of them go to the NFL draft, one as a top five pick and the yes. other one as a second round pick. That's Mike Mickens. So yes. he has a very good resume of getting young players ready to play in the secondary. So mm -hmm. that bodes well. And I think 
like you said, from a recruiting standpoint, what we're seeing from guys like Christian Gray, Caleb Beasley. Caleb Beasley, as much as you talked about C.J. Carr and everybody else that was at the invasion, he was the star. Like, yeah. he, was, he was flat out the best player on the field from everyone that was there. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, there was no problem. Like, C.J. Carr, fine. Uh, Caleb Beasley is the guy. And if Notre Dame can land him, because he plays for a really good team. You know, their linebacker, Edward Smillman, is another target for Notre Dame. Uh, Smillman's a good player. Yeah. He's a guy that Notre Dame is targeting as their potential rover yeah. in, in 2024. I'm not going to say he's their top target, but he's a guy that you should definitely keep your eyes out if you're a big recruiting guy out there. Just had a super chat. Sean, I want to give it real quick from Ed, Ed, Ed. $10 super chat. Ed, 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 appreciate you, my friend. I know this is not, this is not the first time I've seen your name next to a super chat. So thank you so much. We really do appreciate that as we start out our week of game week, man. Really excited to see the, I mean, we've been waiting for so long, Sean, talking about how much we're excited about the Freeman era and everything that's going on, recruiting, all this good stuff. We finally get to see a football game on Saturday. And I am so, so excited to finally see that one, 730 Eastern time on Saturday night so Sean last couple players that we'll hit on and then I want to talk about a little bit college football from this past week man we had week zero so the front seven folk it was very it was a very like it was a non-flashy day from them I guess is how I would describe this week right I mean so Drake Bowen plays for I don't even know how to pronounce it is Andrean Andrean okay so he plays for Andrean they lost a it was a pretty tightly contested game, 28 to 18 against crown points. Now Drake Bowen had some nice work, man. He ran for 64 yards, had eight, eight tackles, two tackles for loss, recovered a fumble. He does his thing. Unfortunately, they come out on the wrong side of the coin, but defensive line wise, we had Brennan Vernon who plays for mentor high school in Ohio, who is an absolute animal, man. If we're, I mean, just absolute animal. And but they came out again 26 to 20. It was a triple overtime game. So that 26 is very misleading because it took yeah. three overtimes to get to that 26. All right. So that was a defensive game. And if you saw any of the clips from that game, Brandon Vernon was getting double teamed. He was triple getting triple teamed. Team. Yeah. It was insane, man. I saw someone post a picture where four guys were literally blocking him, right? And yeah. I mean, the kid is 6'5, 280 pounds. Like he's a, just a monster of a player. Also blocked a field goal during that game, which was a big field goal block in the second half there. So he made his impact felt. Just the stat sheet doesn't really, I don't think it emphasizes enough how good Brendan Vernon is on a stat to stat basis. And then, Sean, your boy that I know you've had on your podcast before, Brandon Davis Swain, man, 2024 West Bloomfield defensive lineman. They beat Sterling Heists 47 to 7. I talked to Brandon personally after that game just seeing how everything went. He said, I, I, he's like, I don't keep stats, man. Like we dominated those boys. We're going to keep dominating the rest of the year. So that young man is laser focused. And I know you've had a chance to talk about him in the talk to him in the past. Yo, you talk about a student of not just the game, but a student of the position and the history of the position and, and a technician. He's a technician. Like, I remember the first time I really watched his film and got a chance to talk to him about it and to hear him articulate and convey back to me what he's trying to do, snap after snap. Like if I do this and I see the guys reacting to this, then this is going to be my counter to this. 
And I really have two counters that I like to go to when I go inside. And I'm sitting here saying to myself at the time, like, dude, you're 16. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're talking like a five-year NFL vet. And you're sitting here talking about counters and how locked in, like you said, laser focused you are on your craft and what you do. And that's the type of defensive player that he is, in my opinion, very Keon Keeley like. Not from a physical stature, because he's a little bit leaner, a little bit different player. Yeah. But just as dominant, just as dominant, and just as impactful as a defensive player. So, you know, the trend, that's why I say the Keon Keeley thing had everybody kind of stuck for a second. Like, relax. Because more than likely, you know, when you try to carry, you remember as a kid, you used to carry the apples. You know, I had an apple tree. Yeah, in the backyard. You got to try to carry the apples in your, your shirt to the house. Every uh-huh. now and then, one of the apples is going to fall out. <laughs> you, you fall out, okay, but you yep. still have a bunch. You still have a bunch. Your mom can make a nice apple pie. You can eat a little snack. You know, maybe you know, partner with with some cheese or some peanut butter or dip it in somebody else, some yogurt or something else. But at the end of the day, even if you lose one, you got a bunch coming. And that's Notre Dame recruiting right now. We got a bunch of talent coming in yes. 23 and 24. So let's not, you know, overreact to the yep. one or two that might get away because the narrative is definitely changing. Yeah. And and I, I've always I've been consistent with this. Keon Kelly is a massive loss. And if he doesn't end up with Ooh. Notre Dame, ultimately, like it is it's a big loss. I mean, what, yeah. what are we gonna say about it, man? It stinks, yeah. right? Yeah, it sucks. But, yeah. It also underrates the fact that Notre Dame also has a lot of good football players that are still mm-hmm. committed, right? Like, let's yes. give them the attention and the credit that they deserve. I mean, yeah. I, Sean, honestly, I was watching Mentor a little bit, just a, just a little bit of the game, and I am just, like, losing my mind about how developed Brennan Vernon is as a 17-, 18-year-old kid, man. Like, he's an animal, man. Like, and then you, talk, you can stay right there in Ohio, man. We Look, we watched Ben Minnich's film. We watched this film and we talked and we were like, okay, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And this kid is coming out his senior season, putting up offensive number, defensive, and he's making the plays. We talked about this. Yeah. Big, at the big moments of a game, he's making the game winning touchdown reception. He's, and, and he's, the, also, he's also not even the almost ta- like, I mean, he has Malik Hartford in the, in the back end with him too. That's committed exactly. to Ohio state. That's one of the best safeties in, in, in high school football. Exactly. And it's Ben Minich that's making the big plays. And right. again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here saying Ben Minich is better than Malik Hartford. I am not oh. doing that. But what I'm oh. saying is, is that maybe I and some others, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how it ultimately ends up. Maybe I underrated Ben Minich a little bit, man, because he's, I mean, he got off to a great start this year. So, I mean, to your point, he's and playing maybe really. Maybe good it's football. the fact that Malik Hartford is up back there. Could be. And we're going to try you. And he's been up to the challenge. He's mm-hmm. flat out been up to the challenge early in the season. No, nah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, because like, let's call it what it is, right? Ben Minich is this 5'11, 185 pounds, good athlete and everything, yeah. but Malik Harford is like 6'1, 200 pounds next to him, you know, like taking yeah. dudes' heads off. Like it just looks a little different, right? Like it does. Yeah. So maybe I'm underrating Ben Minich. I hope I am. Because if, if Ben Minich yeah. is, if he's the lowest ranked player in this class, potentially, Sean, like, I mean, I, he's a four star on, on a couple accounts. So like he probably won't end up as the lowest ranked guy. But if yeah. he's one of the lowest ranks and he ends up surprising, and that's how Notre Dame's in a great spot. Like, I want that to happen, right? Like, I want to be wrong about that one. I, I 100% do. I, I, yeah. So let's hope for the best, man. But he's playing good football. 
So that's going to do it. Just a little bit of our breakdown of the recruits from this past week and a couple other really talented players that Notre Dame is keeping close tabs on as, as potential targets as well. So if you didn't, didn't get all of it, you can go back to my piece again from this week. That's on Irish breakdown. That kind of just talks through a lot of the games and, and a lot of the performances. Oh, 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 oh,